Parshas Ha'azinu, Shuva, Ten Tidbits of Advice. It would be very beneficial for us if we could have the privilege of hearing some words of instruction before we go into Yom Kippur. Words that would help guide our lives during this coming year. And in Parshas Ha'azinu, we have just that. If we open our ears, we can listen to a few select words from HaKadosh Baruch Hu that are intended as a guidance for His beloved nation. Words that should escort us for the rest of the year and for the rest of our lives. Ki goy ovad etzot heima. They are a nation who have lost counsel. Ve'en bahem tevuna. And they don't understand. Hazinu. I'm trying my best to give direction to my people, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But what more could I do? They don't listen to me, and therefore they are lacking in understanding. It's like when your friend is setting out on a long road trip, so you give him a good map so that he shouldn't get lost in his travels. But he thinks he knows better, and he doesn't bother with the instructions. He thinks he'll be just fine. That's what the Sifri on this Pasuk says. Avdu Yisroel eats a tova, shinitna lahem. The Am Yisroel has strayed from the good advice that is being offered to them. It means we're not listening to the guidance being offered to us, and now we're like a boat, adrift on the high seas without means of navigation. That's what this world is. It's a tremendous ocean filled with strong waves and dangerous obstacles, and without direction, we will surely crash up on the rocks of life. We'll be damaged, and spring leaks. Some people might even sink. But whatever happens, it won't be the successful voyage that it could have been. And so it pays for us to discover this navigation system that our Kaddish Baruch is offering to us. We don't want to sink after all, do we? And therefore it's a question that we have to answer. What is meant by that word, Eitzus, counsel. Where is this fountain of advice that we are ignoring? And the answer given by the Sifri is as follows. Ve'en Eitzah ela Torah. The word Eitzah only means Torah. You want direction for succeeding in life? You want a system for navigating your way on the ocean of life? Ein Eitzah ela Torah. All the advice you could ever need is in the Torah that Hashem gave us. Ein Eitzah Ela Torah is the introduction to the great subject of Ki Heim Chayenu. The words of the Torah are our lives. And it's an introduction that many have never learned properly. Because when from Jews hear these words, they think they know all about it. Ki Heim Chayenu. Torah is our life. Ah, it's Chaye Oilam. It's Oilam Haba. It's eternal life. And the truth is, they're right. We'll have Olam Haba because of the Torah. Certainly, in the next world, Torah is very, very important. Ashrei mi v'talmudo biyado. You have to have something in your hand when you come there. When you come to the next world, they'll say, Zug ibr epis, say something over for us. For 70, 80 years, you had so much opportunity to learn, Hashem says. Even if you were a working man, you had evenings, you had long Friday nights in the winter and long Shabbos afternoons in the summer and Sundays and Yom Tov. 
I gave you such a gift, such a Torah, and you're coming back to me with empty hands? And that, everybody more or less understands. We know that the more our hands are loaded down with good things, the more we'll be welcomed there. And so, when we sing on Simcha's Torah, we know the Bashat. Ashreinu matov chelkeinu means, in the next world, uma noim goraleinu. In the next world, umayafa yirushaseinu. In the next world. Torah means eternal life. But along comes the chayvus halavavus in the shar cheshbon anefesh. And he tells us something that we might be surprised to hear. And not only does he want us to know it, but he says it's important enough that we should take time out of our lives to meditate on it. He says that kiheim chayenu means that the Torah is our life in this world. Of course, there's the next world too. That day will come, no question about it. And the Torah will be our Hatzalah in that world too. But meanwhile... We're not in any rush to get there. And the Chosid Godel, that's what they all call the Chayvis Alavavis, wants us to know that the Torah will save you right now in this world. The Torah is our success by rescuing us from all types of trouble in Oilam Hazeh. And that, the Sifri says, is what our Pasuk is telling us. Ein Eitzah Ela Torah, included in the gift of the Torah is that it's a storehouse of good advice. It's full of wise counsel for how to succeed in Oilam Hazeh. That's the truth. The advice is not in the self-help books. It's not in the advice columns or by psychiatrists. It's in one place. Ein Eitzah Ela Torah. Not that it's also in the Torah. It's Ela Torah. It's only in the Torah. The Torah is full of advice for succeeding in this world. It teaches you how to deal with your parents and your children, how to handle a wife or a husband, and in-laws too. From the Torah you learn how to deal with your Italian neighbor. It teaches you how to be matzliach in business and how to succeed in your own inner life. Not only in your private life. How to react to public issues, how to make public policy, how to deal with the mayor and the governor. It's full of advice on how to deal with the Gentile nations, even health. The Gemara is full of advice on how to take care of your health. The truth is, the number of people who have lost their lives for lack of taking counsel from the Torah has yet to be counted. Even the stickiest problems can be resolved by listening to the Torah's advice. Many times it seems like there's no way out, that there's no solution to a problem. But when you hear the counsel of the Torah, immediately the problem can be solved. In every phase of life, the Torah stands by a man's side and offers him practical advice for how to live successfully. Now you might say, well, I know plenty of people who learn Torah, but they're not living successfully. It's true. There are people who learn Torah and they're divorcing their wives or their wives are divorcing them. There are people who learn Torah and they get involved in big machloikis. People who learn Torah and they ruin their parnassah and they ruin their health. There are people who learn Torah all the time and they are unhappy and dissatisfied. Yes. And here we come to the painful subject of goy ovad etzot, a nation bereft of Torah counsel. 
you have to understand what's meant by learning Torah. It means you study Torah because you're listening to the words of Hashem, who's teaching you how to live. That's the Chiddush we're talking about now. It's the preface to our subject. When you learn Torah, you have to know beforehand that you are seeking models of successful living. You should think that the Torah is talking to you. What good is the best advice if nobody knows it's there? If you think the Torah is just pesukim, mitzvahs, and stories, and the Gemara is only theoretical exercises and details of dinim, so you won't keep your eyes open for all of the good advice. And that's why we find the phenomenon of people who learn, but they are oivad, Eitzis, they don't know how to live. If your eyes aren't looking for the Eitzis, so Hashem says, it could be that you study Torah, but if you don't seek the counsel, so you're a goy, ovad, etzot, and ein bahem tevuna, you become a nation without understanding. Now the Roshi Yeshiva will have to forgive me for stepping on some toes. I'm asking Mechila from them. But Torah doesn't mean learning the first six blot of the Mesechta with all the Rishonim and Achronim. And the whole winter's man goes away on six blot. That's not the way to learn Torah. I'm not going to give people lessons about how to teach Gemara in the Yeshivas, but that's not how it was done until now. Until now, they didn't learn six blot in a winter's man. They learned much more because they knew that the Torah has a lot of information and you need to assimilate that information. The first six blot is not enough. There's a lot of advice for successful living on Dav Ches too. The Gemara is full of wisdom on how to live. Only you have to learn it. I remember one Rebbe. There are a lot of Rebbe's like that today. Whenever it came in, the Gemara to words of wisdom, Chachma, Umusr, advice, Yirashamayim, he always would skip it. He wanted something that was Gazalzen, Ungefert, something Mifulpal, so he could say something on it. But when it came to something on Derecheretz, Midas Toivus, good advice, he just skipped it. He had nothing to say. It's Pashut, he said. It's not Pashut at all. I had a Rebbe, Zichron and Avrocha, who learned in Velazhin, Velazhin, the mother of yeshivas. He knew how to learn. And I remember, he didn't skip anything. And not only did he never skip it, but he looked to find advice. When he used to say a shear in the Gemara, and he came to something that gave him an excuse to talk divrei derech eretz, and midas toivus, and amuna, he always stopped and spoke about it. I remember how he taught the Mishnah in Mesechta Nedorim. At first glance, the Mishnah doesn't appear to be giving any advice. It says, Derech Talmidei Chachamim. The way of Talmidei Chachamim is if they want to find out if their wives or daughters have Nedorim on them, so they have a way of investigating. They have a scheme to find out if they have Nedorim. So my Rebbe said like this, I remember his shining face till this day. Ah! Zolzain, a litter gan Eden. He said, Derech Talmide Chachomim. It's the way of Talmide Chachomim. Oh, so we see that Talmide Chachomim have a different Derech in life. That's how he learned the Mishnah. It was telling him that you have to have a Derech in life. He gave a whole talk about Derech of Talmide Chachomim. He spoke to us about a way of thinking differently. 
a way of acting differently. It wasn't the sugya, it was only agavurcha. The Mishnah was talking about something else entirely, about the technicalities of Nadorim. But he uncovered a gem of advice in the words of the Torah, because he knew that ein eitza ela Torah. That was a Rebbe who understood that all the advice you need is in the Torah. The trouble is, people become hardened. They become habituated by reading the Torah constantly in a superficial way, and they're not seeking any advice. And when you don't know about what you're looking for, you probably won't find it. But suppose we are forewarned. Suppose we listen prayerfully to the criticism of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in Parshas Hazinu. Don't be a nation that ignores the Eitzes of the Torah. So we know beforehand that the Torah is crammed with good advice on all matters of practical living. And once we know this guideline, we can keep our eyes open to the truth that the Torah is a storehouse of good counsel. And that's why one of the great criticisms of our nation is when we don't make use of this gift as much as we could. Hashem says, the Gentile nations are living unsuccessfully. They're happy and they're fighting with each other all the time. They're divorcing left and right. They're committing suicide and dying of venereal diseases. All right, they have an excuse. They have no Torah, no Aetzus. But you, Am Yisrael, why are you falling into unhappiness? Why aren't you successful? There's only one reason. There's a Goy Ovad, a nation that is lost because you are ignoring all of the Aetzus of the Torah that you need to succeed in this world. And once we get it into our heads that the Torah, whether it's the Torah Shabbat or the Torah Shabbat Peh, it's a storehouse of good counsel for life, that it's crammed with good advice on all matters of practical living, then it's possible for us now to begin looking at the Torah with different eyes and seek the counsel. And once we do that, we will find it. Yagata Matzata. If you labor in search of it, you'll surely find it. Actually, we'll begin to see that it's so obvious that we wonder how we ignored it all the years that we read the Torah and repeated its words. So now we're ready to begin. We're ready to begin living successfully by mining the Torah for Hashem's advice. Now we're not going to spread ourselves out over the whole panorama of Torah. Even if we would be able, and we're not able, we couldn't do it because we would be here forever. But in order to train ourselves to see advice in the Torah, we'll pick some examples at random. We'll discuss 10 tidbits of advice that will be helpful for us as we set sail on our cruise ship journeying through life. Number one, get to work. And so we'll start now. Eitzah number one. In a few weeks, we'll be reading these words in the shul. But this time around, we'll listen as if it's talking to us. You should eat bread by the sweat of your brow. Now some people who learn Chumash think it was just HaKadosh Baruch Hu telling Adam something. Some vague statement about the sweat of the brow. But tonight, we're learning that it's talking to us. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is talking to all of Adam's descendants. You want to eat bread, he says. You'd better work for it. Which means everyone should be ready for work in this world. 
whether he's a businessman or a baker, whatever it is, he has to work for his bread. It could be you work with your head. A malamed is also working. It's not easy work. The boys don't always listen. A koilel man must also work hard. In the koilel, you have to work by the sweat of your brow. Whatever it is, wherever you are, the Eitzah of the Torah is Bezeyat Apecha. It means you have to be busy working. From the beginning of the Torah, it's constantly reiterating that. Asher bara Elohim, la'asot. Elohim made this world of doing. Hayom la'asotam. It's a doing world. So you'll tell me that to do means mitzvahs. No question. Absolutely, you have to do mitzvahs. And one of the mitzvahs, one of the first eitzes, is sheshed yamim tavot. Six days a week, you should be doing. It's not giving you permission to work. It's not six days that you're allowed to work. It means six days you should work. You have to hustle to make a living. It doesn't mean you have to stay overtime. It doesn't mean you have to take extra jobs. It doesn't mean that you have to stay up until late at night and get an ulcer chalila and risk your life. But you have to work. And it's not supposed to be easy. By the sweat of your brow, will you make a living? Now don't think that it's merely a gezerah mina shamayim, a punishment. Oh no, it's advice for healthy living. The human being is so constructed that he must be a busy person. For your mind to be healthy, you have to be busy, something you must be accomplishing. It's like breathing air. You have to breathe air in order to live. And the Kalash Baruch Hu put in our teva, into our nature, that just like we need air, we need work. In order to be healthy, in order to live long, you must be a working person. People call me up on the telephone always, constantly. They're telling me they're depressed. I said, you want to get out of depression? Don't go to psychologists. It's a waste of money. Start doing something, anything. I don't feel like it, she says. Or he says, how could I do anything? I don't have the spirit to do. Do it anyhow, I tell them. It's the same as saying, I'm so weak. I don't feel like pulling myself out of the water when I'm drowning. Well, you'd better muster energy and start swimming with strong strokes or floating. Do something before you go down. And once you'll start doing something, you'll see that your mind begins to put itself into place Again, now I know that some people think they'll get by without following this Torah advice. But trust me, there will always be side effects. You ignore Torah advice at your own peril. It could be that you'll be able to loaf all your life, but one day you're going to look back and see how much distress and how many troubles it caused. The Gemara in Kasuba says, idleness brings to insanity. Now, not always do you go raving mad. You don't become a maniac, not always, but it brings to a depression, a sickness of the mind. Here's a man sitting in the koilel year after year, but he's not working in the koilel. 
His wife goes to work every morning. She jumps into a car at six o'clock in the morning to go to work in New York from Lakewood. And meanwhile, he gets up late. He goes to the second minion in the Stiebel. He comes at 9.30 to the minion. He comes home and he reads the newspaper for a while. And then he eats breakfast. Finally, he ambles very slowly to the place where he has to sit and learn. He learns a little bit. He talks a little with Chaveirim. That's not a Koilel man. He's not working hard in the Koilel. He's not busy with his learning, so he becomes discouraged. He's a broken person because he's ignoring the advice of the Torah. Now the ones who are acclimated to it and spend their days toiling in Torah, they're the apple of our eye. That's why we support Kolel people. From this shul, we support entire families in Yerushalayim that sit and learn Torah. I have a list of blue ribbon families. They're acclimated to toiling in Torah and they're succeeding. If you're able to do it, good. But if you'll be idle, then you're looking for trouble because you're ignoring the Eitzah of the Torah. Six days you should work. You should work. By the sweat of your brow, you should be making a living. Now, it could be that when you learned Chumash, you didn't see that. You never learned that Peshat before. But now you know and a new vista of understanding is open before you. And therefore, those people who wish to listen to Eitzes, Shomea Chacham, they're wise people, Mishlei. And those who are Chachamim Be'enehem, they think they know everything in life, so they won't listen to this. Eitzes from the Torah, meh, they think. And that's included in the words, Goy Ovad Eitzes Hema. Number two, safety first. Another Eitzah. Number two on our list. And you should guard your life exceedingly. The Gemara and Brachas takes it to mean you should guard your safety. It means HaKadosh Baruch Hu is giving us a big Eitzah here for succeeding in this world. I'm giving you good advice, he says. Don't do things without thinking. Be careful. Always be on guard. We'll say, Blaz, safety first. Everybody knows those words. But who's practicing it? All the time we're hearing reports. We're hearing bad news from people who didn't take this advice. Here's a man who wants all his little children to be Mekayim the mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah. Each person should have his own Ner. So he takes his little boys and his little girls and he gives them Hanukkah menorahs. Here's for you and here's for you. And they're all standing and lighting the Hanukkah menorahs. That's Torah too. Beautiful. But then this big tzaddik forgets the advice of the Torah and he walks out of the room. Or a woman lights the Nair with Shabbos and she hurries to put on the big day Shabbos and leaves the little children playing around in the room where the Nairos are burning. It's a terrible chet. The Rambam has a section in his Sefer on Halacha, and the name of it is Hilchas Reitzeach Ushmiras Hanefesh, the laws of a murderer and of guarding life. You hear that? Murder and safety. What's the connection? The answer is the Rambam was a Lamdan, so he studied the advice of the Torah and he understood what Hashem is telling us. If you're not careful with the safety of people, you are a rotzeach. And even though actually nothing happened, nevertheless, the sin was done. 
We shouldn't look at what actually did happen, but look at what could have happened. Hilchos Rotseach Ushmiras Hanefesh says you are responsible for what could have happened. And when things happen, surely you are responsible. Here's a man who's building a yeshiva, and when the building inspector comes, he bribes him, so he shouldn't bother him too much with safety rules. Some things are very expensive to fix. Also, it's a big bother, because he wants to open up the yeshiva already. Otherwise, it will be bitul So he finagles his way out of it. A true story. Now it happened that there was a fire exit, but he didn't bother to put up a sign. Fire exit. And some boys from out of town were at the dormitory at the time. They were newcomers to the dormitory. And when the fire started, they didn't know where to run. And they were burned up. Another story. Once in the yeshiva, there was a boy who would sit on a windowsill on the fifth floor. On the fifth floor, sitting on a windowsill with the window open. How can a boy be so foolish to sit on the windowsill near an open window? And how can the people around be so foolish as to let it happen? A couple of weeks later, I passed by this yeshiva one morning, and a big group of people were assembled around the building. What happened? The boys were jostling around near the window, and one boy sitting on the ledge fell out. Five stories he fell. And therefore, when Talmidim are playing ball in front of the yeshiva on the street, the menahel should go outside and chase them onto the sidewalk. Get off the street. It's a sakana. Don't play ball on the street. If boys are on the roof of the yeshiva, get off the roof. The Menahelim have to go and watch constantly because the boys don't have seichel to take care of themselves. They're not attuned yet to listening to Hashem's advice. And therefore, you have to be on top of them. It's a big achrayas. The girls' school too. There was a girls' school going out for an outing in the country with a leader who is 17 years old. A big chachama. She takes girls up to the top of a mountain and one girl falls down and she has 12 operations before she gets well again. Did anyone criticize the menahel of that girl's school who made such a young girl a leader for girls? Did anyone blame that menahel who didn't shoo the boys off the windowsill? Did anyone blame the person who had authority who paid off that inspector? Nobody blamed anybody. But HaKadosh Baruch blames. He blames you for ignoring the advice of the Torah. There was a man. I used to see him on Avenue J always. A block away, I'd see him. And I would try to hide from him because he used to come over to me to tell me his toitus. He would catch me and tell me his droshes. Each time, droshes, droshes, and more droshes. It would take a half hour before I could get rid of him. I never told him my droshes. But he told me his. One day, I hear that an anacle fell out of a window in his house. Ooh, I was thinking, I was thinking then, where are your droshes? You're an Amaaretz gummer. How could she fall out of a window in your house? Va'asita ma'ake legagecha. You have to make a fence around your roof. Ki yipol hanofel mimenu. People might fall off. A window is like a roof. That's a good drosha he should have learned. A window is like a roof. You didn't know that. When an anacle comes to visit, the first thing is to run and close all the windows. That's the advice of the Torah after all.
Don't say it's the Ratzon Hashem. Don't blame Hashem when you ignore his advice. Once upon a time, a Yid came to me and he told me a story. He said that a Meshulach came from Eretz Yisrael to his house. So he put a hot glass of tea on the table for him and he went into the kitchen with the Meshulach to give him something to eat. In the meantime, his child, a little boy, came in and he knocked down the glass of hot tea and it spilled on his hands. They had to rush the boy to the hospital. So this Yid came to me. He's a from Jew, so he said, I know Hashem does everything, midah keneged midah. What's the reason that HaKadosh Baruch Hu punished me in such a way that my son was scolded and rushed to the hospital? What's the chait? Maybe shmiras haloshan or bitul toida. I said, don't look for other reasons. Don't blame Hashem. Blame yourself. It's a pasuk in Mishle that you should repeat to yourself over and over again. Ivelet Adam tisolev darko. A man's foolishness causes trouble to his way in life. Ve'al Hashem yizaf libo. But he's angry at Hashem. He blames Hashem. He came to ask, so I had to tell him the truth. You should have remained there and watched that glass of hot water that you put on that table. How could you leave a little boy there with a glass of boiling hot water? And that's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, V'nishmartem me'od l'nafshotechem. It's up to you to watch yourselves in this world. That's my advice to you, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And if you're going to ignore me, if you want to be a goy ovad eitzis, then you're walking through this world at your own peril. Number three, keep quiet. Another tidbit of advice. We're up to number three now. The Torah is always teaching you how to maintain your health, but it's not always the way you imagine. Listen to what Atana said about this subject. Kol yamai gidalti laguf tov mishtika. I grew up all my days among wise men, and I found nothing better for my health than silence. He didn't say for the neshama. There's no question that silence is good for the neshama too. But the chiddush of the Torah is that keeping quiet is good for your health. Some people take vitamins. Other people do exercises. Or maybe they'll buy a treadmill. I don't know. Maybe it's good. I can't tell you about that. But one thing I do know, there's nothing better for your health than keeping quiet. It's amazing to hear such advice from Atana. He's telling us, if you keep your mouth closed, you will live longer. And it's not only the Tana telling us this. David HaMelech too. Mihai if you want to live long, guard your tongue against evil. Tehillim. You don't want diabetes. You don't want to have a heart attack. Make sure to guard your tongue against evil. Not just Lashon Hara. Any evil. So you say, oh, against evil. All right. That I could do. But how can you guard your tongue against evil? If you open your mouth, you'll say anything. You'll say evil too. So nitzor lishonecha. Guard your tongue and keep quiet. And if you guard your tongue, you'll save yourself mera from a lot of bad. And you'll live longer too. Shomer piv umshono. Someone who guards his mouth and his tongue. Shomer mitzoros nafsho. He guards himself from trouble. Mishle. 
Now the Eitzah, you should know, is a golden Eitzah, and it deserves to be discussed at length. It's not merely an Eitzah Tova of somebody who tells you something he saw somewhere. It's Torah advice. It's in Tanakh and in the Mishnah, and it's in the Gemara in many places. It's Torah advice that's constantly repeated. So imagine now, you wanted to start a career of following Torah advice. You're going to a chasana tonight, to a simcha, and you're moving around among the guests. And you're thinking, I want to fulfill that etza, so I'm going to practice silence as much as possible tonight. So you say, Mazel Tov. That's a good thing to say. It's a mitzvah to bless your fellow Jews, but nothing more. You walk around and you're smiling, but you won't say a word except Mazel Tov. Mazel Tov. Mazel Tov. Mazel Tov. Otherwise, don't say a word. The whole evening you keep your mouth quiet. It's a good start to a long life. Try it out. Now at the Chazana, that's good practice, but you should try it at home too. The home is more important than anywhere else. At home, don't talk. You know, the Mishnah says, Al tarbe sicha ima Don't talk too much with women of us. Now we understand with somebody else's wife, chas v'sholem, don't talk much. If you're talking to somebody else's wife, that's playing with fire. Of course, you have to be polite. If a woman stops you on the street, Oh, Mr. So-and-so, Vus macht men be'ech? How are things going? So you say, Boruch Hashem, things are fine. Bruch ha'atzlocha. And you keep on going. Even if you're a professional and it's business, you should know that goyrem ra la'atzmo. You're causing harm to yourself. I know stories, terrible stories. You're going to find yourself in a lot of hot water in this world. And that's just the beginning of your trouble. V'soifo yoresh gehenom. You won't escape the fire of Gehenim either. It doesn't mean that you'll be there forever, but you'll have to take a visit to Gehenim if you talk to somebody else's wife. And therefore, be careful. Don't talk to anybody much. But surely, don't talk to women much. Be polite, be friendly, but don't make conversation. That's all. But the Eitz of the Torah goes further than that. It's a Mishnah. And the Mishnah was said by very wise men. Listen to what they said. Be'ishto amru. Even with your own wife, you shouldn't talk too much. If she talks to you a lot, let her talk. But you don't talk too much to her. And the Mepharshim say why. Listen to this. You'll be surprised. But these men were wiser than we are. And one day you'll find out how good a reason it is. The Mepharshim say that whatever you say will be held against you. She might criticize you for it. She might belittle you too. Whatever you'll say in the presence of your wife, she'll use it as a means to disagree with you. And you'll be foolish enough to open your big mouth and say something back. And therefore, whatever it is, don't get into long conversations. Because sooner or later, in most cases, it's going to be an argument. And an argument is the beginning of trouble. Wives think communication is everything. We must have communication, they tell me. They call me up from all over. There's a communication problem. He doesn't communicate enough. The trouble is they communicate too much. That's the problem. The Mishnah says there's nothing better for your body and for your wife's body too. Keep quiet and do it because of the Mishnah. Keep quiet.
Of course. If she tells you something, you have to learn how to answer, to console her and encourage her. It doesn't mean that they don't speak at all. He comes in and he says, Viget es, Sara. Viget es. He puts a smile on his face. Even though his boss just yelled at him and he's uptight, he puts on a smile and he says, Chana, how are things today? You ask, and she complains about how much work she had and how the children were running wild and fighting. And you listen. That's all. It's important between husbands and wives and between everyone else too. A man should try to produce a lot of silence. Rambam Deus. And even if he has to speak, he should speak in a brief way. I'll guard my mouth as if I had a muzzle on it. Imagine there's a lock that locks your two lips together. Don't unlock it. You want to unlock it? Take the key out of your pocket first. Before you talk, take the key out of your pocket and think, should I answer? Maybe I don't have to answer. And after thinking it over, if you decide you must answer, so you unlock it and then you talk. There's a man who used to come here and he doesn't talk unless he first takes the keys out of his pocket. He learned that lesson. He talks a lot anyhow, but it's better than nothing. So don't unlock your lips and you'll live a much happier and healthier life. That's an Eitzha of the Torah. Number four, seek peace. Eitzha number four in our list for tonight is connected to the previous one about keeping the mouth closed. Everyone remembers the story of Korach, Vadaso. Now, when we hear the story of Korach, we should understand why it's written in the Torah. It's teaching us something. It's giving us an Eitzah for our own lives. You have to know that Korach wasn't a foolish man. He was a Talmud Chacham, a holy man. But a holy man has to be careful too. It's so easy to fall into the pit of Machloikes. And therefore, even if the best people have to be on guard against yielding to the Eitzah of jealousy and other bad Midas, then that's what they must do. And therefore, Korach is our model. I'm giving you good advice now. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to us, Lo Korach My children, don't be like Korach Bamidbar. It's written in the Torah that way. You should not be, so that you should take this Eitzah Tova out of the Chumash and put it into your head. If you see Machloikes, stay out of it. You're only going to bring trouble upon yourself. It's a tragic mistake to mix in. It's fire. Worse than fire. It's the fire of Gehenna to get involved. Of course, the first lesson from Korach is not to speak against Talmidei Chachamim. Gedoyle Yisroel. When Korach started up with Moshe Rabbeinu, he chose the very worst man to start up with. Because, Soyne Tzadik Yeshamu. If you hate a Tzadik, you'll be held very, very guilty. To heal him. But we understand that Va'amech, Kulam Sadikim, all from Jews are Sadikim, from Jews are sacrificing for Torah. It cost them a lot of schar limud for their children. They could send them to public schools, but they're laboring to pay huge amounts of money for tuition, and just for that, they deserve tremendous credit. Va'amech, Kulam Sadikim, the from Jewish nation are all Sadikim, and therefore run away from Machloikis with from Jews. 
Not only the big machloikisim in the newspapers, in the homes too. I'm sorry to say that this is a Torah Eitzah that people are frequently ignoring. They look for opportunities to make fights. Mother-in-laws are trying to make fights with their daughters-in-law and vice versa. And the world is a hubbub. It's boiling. Skaich zich. The world is a pot on fire. It's cooking with machloikis and families. What's taking place is terrible. You are all innocent young people. You don't know. I know. My telephone is ringing all day long. I know all about it. Fights. With whom? With everybody. Here's a man fighting with his wife. Instead of looking for shalom, he's fighting. His wife is a nice young woman. She's loyal and she fulfills all of her duties. But he's fighting anyway. He has bad midas, so he finds what to fight about. And if he fights, she fights back. So they're busy fighting now. Now, if they're fighting, it brings in the father-in-law. She tells her father, so he joins in the fight too. He's a chacham too, a big chacham. And his mother, of course, she had complaints as soon as she saw her daughter-in-law. She started fighting right away without even having what to fight about. And so it's all over. It's terrible what's taking place. Fighting in the families. There are people fighting with neighbors. People tell me that people are ruining their lives. The hachis. There are all kinds of spiteful things. I've been a mispalel and a rav in about seven, eight kihilas. And I've seen machloikes all the time. That's one of the most outstanding features of a kihila. Just like tefillah b'tzibur constantly. Machloikes also constantly within the kihila, between the kihila and its neighbors, between kihilas, machloikes, wherever you go. Of course. Among the Gentiles, it's a thousand times worse. Because when a goy makes machlekes, he pulls out his stiletto, his knife. That's a very quick way to settle disagreements. Now, among Jews, it doesn't go so far. But like it says in Mishlei, sometimes words are worse than swords. Heim yardu chadre batin. Words go down into the chambers of the belly. Mishlei. People get sick from machlekes. I can tell you stories upon stories. People who became diabetic because of machlekes. I know men who died of heart failure because of their wives. They died in the middle of an argument with their wives. All over the world, people are losing their jobs because of machlekes. They're losing customers and they're losing friends too. So bakesh shalom. Make it the principle in life to seek out peace. That's why we'll call this Eitzah Bakesh Shalom. Seek peace with everyone. Somebody once said, a thousand friends is too few and one enemy is too many. You hear that Chochmah? It means get busy making friends. Even a Gentile. I was once walking in the street. A young Puerto Rican, 17 years old, approached me and started saying, Divrei Chirufim. So I put my arm around his shoulder. Oh, I didn't see you for a long time, I said. We started walking down the street like that. He kept quiet. At the corner, I said, it was good seeing you again. And I walked away. That's the way to deal with your enemies. The world says a drop of honey can catch more flies than a gallon of vinegar. It means if you want to catch flies, it means friends. Be a honey. Don't be vinegar because you're not going to get any benefit except you're going to be bitten on all sides. That's one of the principles of the Torah. 
Mishlei. Derachet darchei noam v'chol nitivoteha. Shalom. That's how HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to live. He wants us to live happily, peacefully. You're following the advice of the Torah when you get along with your brothers. Hinei matovu manayim. Shevet achim gam yachad. Tehillim. Train yourself to be friendly to the people of your family. And in case they insult you, just forget about it. Don't pay any attention. In case they wronged you, overlook it. That's why it says, not only that you should seek peace, verod fehu, rod fehu means run after it, no matter what they did. I'm going to keep quiet when they did that to me. Yes, it's for your benefit to keep quiet. You'll be surprised. You'll be surprised at what the results will be. In my first kihila, I was once standing in the whole Shabbos afternoon before I gave my drosha. A man came in and he passed by. The next day, this man brought a claim against me to the board of directors that I didn't say good Shabbos to him. In front of the whole board of directors, he complained. The Rav didn't say good Shabbos to me. I was just a new Rav, too. The president came and asked me, is it true? I said, I think I did say good Shabbos to him. I was surprised. I was thinking, such a chutzpah to accuse me for nothing? Before the board of directors too? I didn't say anything, however. Three months later, this man gets up to the board of directors meeting and makes a motion to raise the Rav's salary. Nobody thought of raising my salary. He was the first one. A year later, he raised the salary again. The same man. And so it pays to listen to the advice in the Torah. It pays to make friends, not enemies. It's a very important Eitzah. Bakesh Shalom Veradfehu. Number five. Smile. Another Eitzah Tova. We're up to number five now. In Pirkei Avos, it says, You should greet everyone with happiness. It's a Mishnah. You say it. You learn it. But are you doing it? It's advice from the Torah. But did you do it once? Try that one time. You see somebody coming towards you. So you remind yourself of the Pasuk in our Parsha. Don't be a person who turns away from the Torah Eitzis. And you think, Hineni muchan umzuman. I am preparing now to be Mikayim the Mishnah. There's a man in the yeshiva who passes by me almost every day. I greet him, but he never even looks at me. He's not trying to ignore me. He's just not aware. He's not mechunach. He never trained himself, and he's not a young man anymore. Maybe he looks at me. Could be he nodded. But I would need a magnifying glass to see it because he's nodding all the time as he's walking like this. So as he passes by me, I have to imagine he's nodding a little more. It needs a lot of imagination. Every day I notice how his behavior is. The man has no derech eretz. He wasn't trained. If somebody greets you, you have to acknowledge the greeting. At least that. That's the minimum. It's just a general Eitzah. There are more details to this advice. A different Mishnah adds the details. You must greet all men with a pleasant cast of countenance of us. Now we should study these words very well. It's a Mishnah after all. It's not just a piece of Musr that somebody wrote in the last generation. Now what does it say there? It says there three things. Sever and Ponim and Yafas 
And each one of those words is a lesson on its own. First of all, punim. You have to greet your fellow man with your face. If you pass by someone you know, show him your face. That's number one. So when you come into your house tonight, after the lecture, and your mother is in the kitchen standing over the stove, show her your face. Don't show her the back of your haircut or your ear. And when your father walks in at night after working all day for you, for you, do him that benefit, that little favor of turning around and showing him your face, not your profile, the front of your face. At least one word from the Mishnah you should fulfill. Panim. And the second detail is sever. The word sever from the word svara means thinking. Sever means that you have an expression on your face, an expression of interest. If you merely show a face, a deadpan face, that's not enough. Let's say you pick up a pan as someone goes by and you show him the bottom of the pan. Sometimes your face is not any more than the bottom of a pan. You have to show that you are thinking about him, that you have some interest in that person. And the third thing is, yafas, the expression you show, should be a pleasant expression. It should show caring concern. What's more pleasant than a warm smile that shows you're thinking about me? Now, if you're not sure if you're doing it right, I'll give you a heter to stand in front of a mirror and practice it. You don't want to look in the mirror? So practice on your poor wife or your poor mother. It's no great happiness to be living in the same house with a grouch. Believe me, they could take a little bit of happiness from you once in a while. And you're going to make people happy that way. Don't underestimate what a smile can do, what a pleasant face can do for others. You're giving them a lift because a smile goes into the neshama of a person. It gives the recipient of the smile chiyas. It gives him life. Mamish. Because when you look at somebody with a pleasant face, that is the biggest compliment. It shows that you take him seriously. That he means something to you. You're showing an interest in him. Some concern and caring. And that's the deepest desire of your fellow man. And he's not going to be boydek your motives. All he wants is happiness. And you're giving it to him. And he loves you for it. He loves you. So flash a smile on somebody as you pass by. Especially if he greets you. No question about it. And once you see how easy it is to make people happy. And how you can light up a person's face. You'll start. And you'll never stop. A friendly smile, a face of simcha, is often the greatest gift you can bestow on someone else. And it's so easy to do. And it's a piece of advice that will redound to your benefit. Because you know what you get from that. It says, The way a man behaves to others. That's the way Hashem behaves to him. It means that if you cause your countenance to shine on others, if you turn on the sunshine by smiling at other people, you have to know that above, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to turn on the sunshine onto you as well. He's going to smile on you because you're doing exactly what he wants to be done in this world. You're making Hashem's children happy. And so, when you activate that midah of smiling at people down below, you're going to be rewarded in the same measure. Only that HaKadosh Baruch Hu's measure is much bigger than ours. And so there's no easier and more productive career. There's no better Eitzah than smiling at everyone.